Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, sports talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Sports Talk with Broads. No, this is not a football Friday. No, no. Those bastards do not deserve my time. See, for me, Friday should be fun. If it can be. If it can be. If it has to be a football Friday and I'm forced, I get it. But that's not the case today because there's great news in Sixers world. Okay, I'm still riding that emotional high from what happened with Daryl Morey on draft night. The trades prior. Super exciting. Fridays, think about it. You have that great feeling going into work. Well, maybe you're even wearing casual pants, casual jeans, because it's that type of day. You're anticipating the weekend. You get to sleep in on Saturday morning. You get to sleep in on Sunday morning. Friday should be all about a great view of the day, of the weekend. It should be fun. So screw the Eagles. (laughs) They're not fun. They're just not. So what we're going to do today is react to the Anytime Hotline when the NBA draft was happening, when the Al Horford news dropped, right? We're going to react to your reactions. As always, the phone number is 856-442-9805. And as always, of course, we are broadcasting live from the Manscaped Man Cave. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BROD at manscaped.com. There is some news out there. Norvell Pell, see you later. And you're hearing rumors that Nerlens Noel could be your backup big man to Joel Embiid. How fitting would that be? I am all in on Nerlens Noel returning to this city. Without a doubt, I think that that would be tremendous and that would be an awesome fit. When I look at what's available... You're possibly going to be able to get after a mid-level type guy. And then that's what you have. I don't know if you're really going to be able to package anything up to go out and get that third piece that people might have thought about prior to what Daryl Morey has put together. And I think that that's fine because it's impossible to fix your mess that you had in one offseason. I know Daryl Moore is good at his job. He's not that good. I don't think anybody is. I mean, he is that good, but I'm saying in terms of fixing the crap that you had in Philadelphia with the snap of your fingers instantly, 
It's going to take a little bit of time. You got to get money off the books. It's more of a window type thing than a right now type thing. But you could argue that what he has done in that one day is so damn phenomenal and so unbelievable. Adding Seth Curry 45% from three at that clip for what Ben Simmons can, for what he can provide from a facilitating standpoint, adding Seth Curry, adding Danny Green, it's going to be crazy. This is going to help Ben Simmons take his game to the next level. It's not only about the three-point shooting. It's not only about shooting the basketball, which I know will be a topic of discussion all season long, but when you have the spacing that you are going to have, that only adds so much value to what Ben Simmons can do. And think about this. Not only is it about Ben Simmons and his possible assist numbers going through the roof, but when he attacks the rim, the defender has a situation at hand here. All of the defenders, if you will. Are you going to collapse in the paint to make sure that Ben Simmons is not going to get to the rack? Or are you going to stay with your guy on the outside? Because if you do merge, guess what? There's going to be wide open three-point shooters. Not wide open guys who takes threes. Wide open three-point shooters. And fine, say you take them away. Now you're allowing Ben Simmons full speed to have a window of opportunity to get a monster jam and be an offensive force that way. It's the NBA in 2020. Obviously, the three-point shot is what affects the game more, so maybe you're more willing to allow Ben to get that free pass, get that free path to the bucket, because if you're playing a numbers game, okay, I'd rather allow them to have two than three. But if you get Ben Simmons on a roll, and at some point you got to stop him, then you start collapsing, boom, you kick out, boom, you kick out. And when you kick out, and you start swinging the rock, now you're even swinging it to another guy that can hit a three. There's options. That's my point. There's options. And I'm super excited. While I did claim that I don't think they have enough to go win a title, they're still missing pieces, I'm still super intrigued with the fit, and I think you're going to see basketball that makes sense. Good team basketball where the spacing actually has a purpose. You're going to see an offense with a purpose, and that gets my blood boiling for excitement, without a doubt. So let's get to these anytime hotline calls. The thing is, so many people left the calls at certain times. So as soon as the Al Horford news broke, someone calls, leaves a message. Someone can call and leave a message after the draft, and you're going to have two different things to talk about, if you will, because there's more context involved later, but the Al Horford news was so big, if that makes sense. And hell, I feel like Tyrese Maxey isn't even getting the love that he deserves. This kid's got to be a stud. I really do believe so. You know, he's not the best three-point shooter, 29% from three in that year with Kentucky, and, and that has people rubbed the wrong way because this team clearly needs a lot of shooting. Well, they got their shooting. They did. If they didn't get Curry, if they didn't get Danny Green, I could understand attacking the Sixers more about going after a kid that doesn't have a great three-point shot. But one, I don't think his shot is broken. I mentioned his free throw shooting at 83%. So it tells me that there is some sort of rhythm with his 
form that is okay. You just got to get better at shooting. And he's talking about how he's putting up 500, 600 shots a day, being in the gym at 6 a.m. Not going to lie, I had that Jimmy Butler vibe to me where it's like, hey, hold on a second. Did you guys see I'm working out? Not to bust his balls too much early on here, but it did have that Jimmy Butler vibe where, you know, Jimmy loves to talk about how much he's working. Oh, what's that? I'm the hardest working guy? <laughs> Stop. Oh, 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 me? Me at the gym at 3 a.m.? No, no one saw that? Oh, okay. I didn't know if anyone saw me or not. That's the Jimmy Butler tone. But just having some fun with it, of course. I like Tyrese Maxey. He's a, he's a basketball player. He's not a great shooter from deep, but he's a scorer. He finds ways. He gets to the bucket. He attacks around the rim. He can finish. I can't wait to see how he is involved with a Ben Simmons, with the Joel Embiid. How does his game vibe with their games? Because now we ain't talking about the SEC in college basketball. We're talking about the NBA. We're talking about Ben and Joel, and, and trust me, there's plenty of room for him to grow. He's very raw. I'm not anticipating him stepping in and being this stud right away. I get that it takes a bit of time to groom into the NBA. These are grown-ass men. These are not 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. And keep in mind, he's also young. It's not like he was at Kentucky for years and years and years and years. So he's a young cat if you will, no pun intended, by the way, going to Kentucky. But he does have a unique skill set where a lot of NBA draft people are saying he was the steal of the draft. They're stunned he didn't go top 10. How the hell did he fall all the way to 21? Now, most of the time, I'd be concerned when everyone in the world is talking about how the Sixers came out with such a phenomenal day. After draft day, people were like, holy hell, look at what the Sixers did. Not only did they unload the Al Horford contract, not only did they find a way to get rid of Josh Richardson and acquire a hell of a three-point shooter in Seth Curry, who is underrated because of who his brother is. Not only that, but look at who they drafted. Most of the time, I would be nervous that everybody felt this way. Because it's almost like, you know when you're watching NFL and the broadcasters go full panel? And every time they go full panel, that team loses. Like, everyone thinks the Ravens going to win. Well, then the Ravens lose. Everyone thinks this team's going to win. They they lose, right? The difference is Daryl Morey. That's your difference. Daryl Morey. Experienced, veteran, does it all the time. Does it with his eyes closed. Constantly getting the deals done. That's the difference. There's a guy in charge that I trust and has a track record of fleecing people. And it's not only about fleecing guys. Like, I think Josh Richardson's still a good player, just didn't fit here. He he brings versatility. He's not a joke of a player. But in terms of where this team is right now, he knows how to operate. Like, he just does. And it's incredible. All right. Enough of me. Enough of me. Let's get to the people. Let's hear what they have to say. Let's freaking go, baby. Let's freaking go. Al Horford, goodbye. Daryl Morey, I love you. You're clearing up this cat. 
He is making great moves. He's literally turning this team into another direction. I know some people were might have been a little bit upset about the uh, Jay Rich and the uh, second-round pick trade to, for uh, Seth Curry. Seth Curry is a way better shooter than Richardson is, and Jay Rich is on a contract. He's going to be a free agent next year. And I think Curry doesn't come a free agent until 2023. Um, I'm loving the draft. I love Maxie. Um and Danny, and you know, uh, the thing, us getting Danny Green, I mean, you know, I lo- I know Danny Green has a blemish on his name because of that finals, but I mean, it still provides shooting, which is what we need. I think we're taking a huge step in the right direction. Um, and who knows, maybe these pieces that, uh, Maurice acquired could be used in a trade to get James Harden or Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. Hey, we don't know. We don't know, but we'll see. I, I think, first off, great call. I think the end was a little optimistic. You can't get James Harden without throwing in a Ben Simmons or a Joel Embiid. There's just no way. You're not packaging up Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel, and these type of players and think that you're going to be able to bring back a talent like James Harden. Zach Levine is not on that level, but I still, when I look at this roster, I don't know how you can possibly get that done unless you just throw in a bunch of first-round picks, and and I still don't know if that's going to be able to get it done. I, I see a situation where... This is sort of what you're going to get, all right? You might get one more guy, free agency, but that's about it for the next upcoming season. You're right, though. Daryl Morey is a guy that can get it done, and he can find ways. So you're right. If there's any guy you can do it, it is him. I just don't see a path right now with what you have. So with that, I am in the mindset of this is the general the general vibe I have with this squad is, you know, this is about it. Maybe a couple little things here and there, but this is about it. I don't know how you can be that upset with this Josh Richardson-Seth Curry trade. See, when you dive deeper, Josh Richardson has a player option after next season. So he could be gone. See you later. Goodbye. And then what? While you have Seth Curry for three seasons at eight mil a year. Like, this is a phenomenal move. And I know, and I'm one of them, right? I love defense. You got to have a team that can defend. When you have J.J. Redick out there, he gets abused by every single opponent in the postseason. It's a slower game. I'm always thinking about postseason basketball because I feel that fans get sucked into what happens in the regular season in October, November, December, and they think that that is what relates to postseason ball. They're, they're two different sports. I know you might not like to admit it, but it really is two different sports. So things that happen in game 42, it doesn't relate whatsoever to what happens in the postseason. So with someone like J.J. Redick or, hell, even Furkan Korkmaz, and I'm not comparing those two because obviously J.J. can play in the postseason, but he does get abused at times. Furkan can't play a lick. So two different situations. But their defense is more glaring If you want to tie it together, their defense is more glaring in the postseason. So a lot of people are looking at this like, Seth Curry can't defend. What are we doing? You're right. But if we just get a bunch of defenders that can't do anything but defend and they're okay shooters, you get last year. You get zero spacing. So what you got to do is find the right mix. Find the guys that, yeah, you know what? They might struggle defensively, but they provide so much from a spacing aspect. And not only that, they can hit it from a 45% clip from three that that alone changes the game. That changes the way players defend you. 
So I just showed you a scenario where Ben Simmons is attacking the lane. Let's say it's postseason ball. You need to decide. Am I going to collapse on Ben Simmons and allow Seth Curry to be wide open? Or do I stick with Seth Curry to take away the three, allow Ben Simmons to get into the paint, and now here's Ben with an aggressive mindset going to the rack? Or who knows, maybe somebody else comes and he kicks it out there. So there's a lot in play with this 45% clip. And and Danny Green, yes, his best basketball is behind him. That's obvious. I love the veteran leadership side of things. This dude has won three championships. And three championships as a role player in three different organizations where you see how different teams do it. It's not, hey, I won it with the Golden State Warriors three years in a row. It's not. One more thing to add on Maxi, by the way. The 76ers could have benefited from not having an NCAA tournament. Because if there was one, and he carried that team to, let's say, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, no way in hell he falls. No way in hell he falls to 21. The national stage, it always boosts everybody up. Carson Edwards was one last year from Purdue. Without that run with Purdue, do we all talk about him the way that we did? No. So somehow, some way, the Sixers benefited from this mess. All right, here we go. Broads, we did. The bad man's gone. He's gone. Um, honestly, like, I don't really give a shit about Danny Green, but like, getting Horford off the books, that that's huge. Um, so like, that's Maury's first move. Good start for Maury. Uh, yeah, I wish Horford the best, but, like, that is so big to get him out of Philly. Okay, nice and simple and to the point. You're not wrong. It's very big. It doesn't free up cap right now. It frees up a little bit. It's more about the next handful of seasons that he was here with that hefty, hefty contract. What did that remind me of? Hefty, hefty, hefty. Trash bags? What am I doing here? You took on Danny Green. You took on... Ferguson, which I feel is just sliding through the radar, kick and play, has a role, intriguing. That is a part of the equation here. Nice piece to add. I mean, he got nothing to lose adding a Ferguson, but their contracts matter this season, of course. They're on one-year deals, one-year expiring deals, so it's more about the next season that you really get to focus on that money that you lost out on with Al Horford. But you should care about Danny Green. You know, don't say you don't care about Danny Green. You should. There's value there. Yes, he missed a wide-open shot last year in the finals, and he struggled down the stretch in big games. He's also been a hell, a hell of a role player throughout his entire career that brings something to the table. And, and, And going back to Al Horford, I know that there's a lot going on with his sister right now on Twitter, and she's a joke. She's embarrassing. She's saying that, We don't like Al Horford because you guys never hated Boston. She made it seem because they still like Boston is the reason why we hated Al. No, no. The reason why we hated Al Horford is because he sucked at the sport of basketball. Isn't that simple? The guy sucked. He blew. He wasn't competing hard. Stupid clap of the hands every time he missed a damn layup. It's not about how you feel about Boston. If if Al Orford was being effective, if he was being the leader that we anticipated he would be, and you guys love Boston, okay, fine. We wouldn't have cared one bit. We care about the production. And at one point, your brother just gave up. 
which is weird, which is odd, because he's known as the true pro pro. He's known as the professional. And he gave you that? The reason why we hate your brother is because your brother gave us nothing. It's not really that hard to process that information. It's not that hard to watch what happened on the court and then correlate that to how we feel. Now, some Sixers fans are idiots, and they went too far calling her names, using horrendous language, and being aggressive. That's stupid. That's taking it to the next level. Young kids, Twitter. I'm sure there's older people in there, too, that are just embarrassing and not mature enough to understand that you don't go down that road. But she's also poking the bear big time. I don't get involved with that nonsense. But I do know Al Horford sucked, and that's because of Al Horford sucking. It's that simple. Hey, bros. Um, I'm really liking this um, NBA draft. We're really doing good. You know, I like what Daryl and Doc is doing so far. You know, not just because I'm a Kentucky fan and a Sixers fan. I really love the Tyrese Maxey pick. Um, he's going to provide points um, coming from um, coming off the bench, and we needed that. Um, the kid from Colorado, I really like him too. Long, athletic, could play defense. Um, the Seth, uh, the Seth Curry um, trade, I really enjoyed. I really like that trade also because he could start for us, but then he he could also come from the bench. So I think we improved the bench. We improved. We're going to be a good defense team. I mean, we was okay last year at defense, but I think we we improved this year on defense. And I really like the young guys like Embiid, Simmons, Maxi, Matisse, the Colorado kids. A lot of these young guys, I really like them. I do think the team is going to improve defensively, especially because with all of the coaches that you added here with the defensive minds, you will have a different philosophy. You knew last year, especially when it came to the pick-and-roll defense, there were issues. There were problems that continued to get shredded. So at some point, you need to make a different move. You got to change that, and they weren't willing to do it. And you saw guards constantly, constantly, constantly go off. I think you will have a different style of defense, and I do expect this coaching staff to go with a different philosophy. I, I I don't know who the Colorado kid is that I'm missing out on because if I think about it here, everyone from yesterday, Isaiah Joe in the second round was from Arkansas, and then Paul Reed, who they drafted, was from DePaul in the Big East, and obviously Maxi is from Kentucky, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just overlooking this one, but I don't know who the Colorado kid is off the top of my head when you say that. When you look at this starting rotation, right? Ben, someone, someone, Tobias, and Joel Embiid. Seth Curry, Danny Green, Matisse Thibel, hell, Maxi. Maybe he doesn't get legit starter minutes, but you just plug him in there because he's a creator. He can give you good looks, and he can help out with just being an overall basketball player who will give you athleticism and defend as well. So you have a lot of different ways that you can go. Maybe it's based off a matchup. Well, this team goes bigger. Well, we're going to do this. This team goes smaller. We're going to go here. You'll just base it off of the matchup each night. Maybe that's a road that they go down. I I do know this, though. They are clearly expecting Ben and Joel to 
take that next huge, legit jump. And, and it needs to come at some point. I'm very patient. I've been very patient. I haven't been banging on the table, demanding the jump to happen over one offseason, and they just become the these elite two dynamic studs within the snap of the fingers. Because I understand it is a process, and I, and I mean that truthfully, not in a stupid way because of, hey, trust the process. I mean, it literally, there is a process involved in growing as a player. But when I look at this roster, it's either Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, and those guys look at it as, okay, we have a window here. We got rid of Al Horford. This might take a couple years to get to where we actually want with the finished product. Or it's, uh, we can do this with this team. It comes down to Ben and Joel. We can do it with this team if Ben and Joel step up, they add to their game, they become more forces, and they want it. And if we get that out of them, we can do damage with this team. Now, honestly, I feel it's a little bit of both. Because as a good GM would do, it's not just a, hey, this year thing. It's a plan. It's a window. It's a blueprint. There's this, this schedule of contracts written out, what they have, what they don't have. So I feel it's a mix between the two. They feel that they can actually compete with this roster, with Ben and Joel, if they do advance their skill sets and take it to the next level. And they also recognize that, hey, getting out was big. This opens up the door down the road. Free agency, trades, this gives us options. Not so much this year because we were tied to that contract and having to bring on Danny Green for a year, having to bring on Ferguson for a year. We're not where we want to be yet with getting away from that Al Horford contract, but we're not in the worst spot either. And if those two really step up and provide what we need them to, why can't we beat a Miami in a seven-game series? Why can't we beat a Boston in a seven-game series? And the more and more I think about the East, yeah, you know what, the Brooklyn Nets... They scare me. We don't know what to to expect. It could be one of those flops like we saw with Kyrie in Boston, with Philadelphia last year, all the hype, people writing them to the finals already. It could be a flop. Maybe they don't get along. Maybe they don't have enough. Maybe those two, they can compete, but they, they're not superstar duo. You can't beat them at all type. You know, you just never know. I've seen the expectations be so high for people before, and they never live up to that in the first year, at least, until they make adjustments afterwards, and then the Nets acquire more. Then they go into a new season with a different mentality. But for this upcoming season, when I look at the Sixers roster right now, let's say with Nerlens Noel as the backup center, because there is going to be a piece or so left I just don't think it's going to be as impactful as, okay, now it's Ben, Joel, and this player. I think it's more of that mid-level type guy. And from there, can this team beat the Boston Celtics in seven? Can they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in seven? Can they hang in a series? Sure. It's going to be tough, though. I think this East is competitive. I do. I think Boston, Miami, the Sixers, Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's above those teams, but they're all in this this middle ground where they're not definite NBA champions, but they're not bad either. They're just in this competitive upper echelon of the Eastern Conference where I think Miami can beat Boston. I think Boston can beat Miami. I think the Sixers can beat Boston. I think the Sixers can beat Miami. I think Miami can beat the Sixers. I think they all can beat up on one another. But do I look at them as this NBA championship type team? No. No, I don't. And I think that that's okay for right now, considering the circumstances. Hey, bros. Listen, bros. We just got Tyrese Maxey, man. I'm telling you, basketball skills, 
He played happy. He got a crazy spirit. He gonna be awesome for Philly. He gonna get the crowd pump. He one of them people that when you play basketball, it's just not about basketball. It's about energy. We need that over in Philly. In here, playmaker. And I mean, I called earlier. I said something about um, Al Horford being traded, but the, the draft wasn't on, so I couldn't say. It. I just saw the pick. I am so happy about the pick, man. Already, we got new GM Doc over here, and we already making these good moves, man. It's one of the first times I looked at the draft, and I wanted somebody. And they did it, man. Good stuff right there, man. Tyrese Maxey, welcome to Philly, my brother. And um, watch. He's going to be nice. Love it, man. Love the car. You talk about the energy. You don't think I know about his energy? I know about his energy. I can't wait to see that energy on the floor. You're right, though. It's just not about the scoring. It's not about him just going out there. Like, I don't know. He is a passionate basketball player who loves the game, who understands the game, and wants to be the best version of himself that he possibly can be. And that adds value to the pick. That adds value to what he is as a basketball player. He brings a lot to the table. Very versatile. He wants to give it all, man. And when you look at these these players, a lot of them, it starts with defense. It starts with their intensity on that side of the floor, and that creates the O. Now, we actually had Paul Reed on 97.3 ESPN yesterday. We interviewed him, and every time we mentioned something, he talks about the defense, defense, defense. Everything comes out of his mouth, defense, defense, defense. And then we say, okay, well, what about your offensive side? Well, it starts with the defense. Everything with this defense, it's great. And when you look at these these players and Paul Reed, who I don't know what his role is going to be, especially if they do find a way to pick up a Nerlens Noel. That changes a lot for what he possibly can provide. But I know they're high on him. He averaged a double-double his last year in the Big East, and he was very improved. He said he likes his game. I said I asked him about modeling his game. What's it like? He said a Jeremy Grant. He said a Pascal Siakam as well. But that Jeremy Grant vibe, I can totally see without a doubt. The thing is, you're probably going to get a different guy to back up Joel Embiid. But you get my point. Like with Maxi, the guy can defend. He's willing to defend. you got to have willing defenders. And he can do it all. He's just a basketball player. Put the rock in his hands. Take him off the ball. He is possibly what you wanted Markel Fultz to be. Think about it. Combo guard. Can play with Ben and Joel. This kid was supposed to be a top 10 pick. Would have been higher. I'm telling you. Would have been higher if there was a college tournament. If March Madness was in play. You could have lucked into at 21 what Fultz could have been as a combo guard. Let that sink in. That's pretty wild. Yo, what's up, bros? Uh, first of all, I want to say 76 is for life. Win or lose, 76 is for life. I want to talk about the Al Horford trade. Um, I think it, was a, it wasn't a it was really a win-win situation, and it wasn't really a lose-lose situation. I think it was a situation where we needed to, we needed to like let Al go. He wasn't working with us. That uh, was a horrible trade. Well, a horrible signing. It wasn't working for us. So we just cut our losses to a minimal. After one season, and it's time for everybody to move on. It's obvious that Danny Green is declining, and his money comes off the books next year. So it wasn't a win-win situation, and it wasn't a lose-lose situation. But I just want to say this. Uh, for all those rumors about Zach Levine, hey, if we can pull that off, I say go for it. As long as we don't have to give up being a Joel or even Matisse, if we can pull off a Zach Levine trade, I think we go for it. I think that trade – Got us in the Eastern Conference Finals next year. That's just my opinion. I thought I say seven assists for life, win or lose. All right, thanks, bros. Thank you. Thank you for the call. 
uh, the thing with Zach Levine, I would be very interested in him, but now I don't think it's possible. You probably would have needed a Josh Richardson and Matisse Thibel, that first-round pick that you picked Maxi with. That's what I thought would be the starting point to go out and get a Zach Levine, and now you don't really have that. And I mentioned how Al Horford could have been a piece in, involved. Like, losing Al Horford in a trade was phenomenal. You needed to do that. But he also did have value in terms of packaging a deal together, three-team trade, being able to, to utilize him with other teams to maybe force a trade to happen. So if you brought another team in and you had him in the mix with Josh Richardson, with Matisse Thibel, with the first-round pick, like it, it adds options to the table. Now all of those movable options when packaged together are no longer there. Matisse Thibel solo, I don't know what that really gets you solo. And if you package, what, a first-round pick with him, that doesn't get you Zach Levine. And there are some concerns. Not me, though. I get why people feel this way. I personally don't. I would do the trade if I could. But some people are afraid that he's just a, a high scorer on a bad team. But you wouldn't need him to be this insane, big-time scorer with Ben and Joel. He just needs to be the version of himself that can be effective when he does get the rock. Doesn't necessarily need to be 26 points per game. Of course, when you get a lot of stars, numbers go down. Stars. He's a very good player in this league. I don't classify him as a star, but he's a very good player in this league. I would have went down the road if possible because I think it does help the team out in terms of that conversation moving them forward into more of a winner than what they are right now, but I trust in Daryl Moore. See, that's the difference. We can now say that about who's in charge. Hey, bros, what's going on? It's Vince from Chicago. Uh, uh, been a while, still watching, love the show. Um, I'm not going to lie, this move has energized me for some Sixers basketball. After watching that that uh, four-game exit in the first round, I just I could barely even watch the games. I couldn't even get into the games whatsoever. This move has gotten me fully excited to see what Daryl Morey comes up with this offseason because I'm positive there's going to be moves made. I'm not sure what um, Simmons and Embiid are saying. I love that. Um, let's build around those guys. Danny Green fits 17 times better than Al Horford ever did on this offense and defense, honestly. Um, he's a he's a proven veteran and champion. I'm not going to ride Danny Green too hard here. Like, he's not that epic and awesome, but it's, it's, it's literally already fits better than Al Horford ever did. Yeah, I mean, look, he adds spacing. His career shows that he can shoot the three. He has been struggling, but he brings a lot to the table off the court, which I think a player like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can learn from. Danny Green just won championship with Ben Simmons. I wonder when Danny Green's sitting on the corner, right? Because Joel, or excuse me, LeBron James was point guard. He was facilitating, and Danny Green got a lot of wide open looks. I wonder when he's sitting there in the corner, will he get a ball that looks exactly like LeBron James, but it's Ben Simmons, where Ben's facilitating, draws all this attention, he kicks it out, he's thinking, holy shit, that looked just like LeBron, as he goes up and takes the three. And then he goes, yo, after the game, yo, I just spent time with LeBron, right? You got it, dude. You, you got it. You have the same skill set from facilitating standpoint. This is what LeBron did in certain situations. Maybe you can use that to your game. Maybe you can do this. Just won a championship with LeBron. He won a championship with the Spurs. Won a championship with the Raptors. There's something there where it's not only about what happens on the court, but off the court as well. 
I love the move. I do. It's not the greatest. You're right. You don't have to sit there and act as if it's the best thing ever. But I do think that it's not getting enough love based off of, well, he missed a three in the NBA Finals last year at the end. All right, whoop de do. He's on the backstretch. We get it. There's still something there, though. He just got rid of Al Horford's contract. It's funny. All we talked about all offseason long was you got to find a way to get rid of this. You have to. You just have to. We finally do. Oh, get it. Great. This guy stinks. What did you think you were going to get back? Anthony Davis? Sheesh. My excitement, though, to get to your original point, my excitement is there for Sixers basketball. And maybe something has to do with the Eagles wanting my eyes to bleed every week. I'm sure there's Eagles fatigue out there for sure. The team blows. And you get some excitement moving forward. Like, when was the last time all Sixers fans were on majority of the same page with, hold on a second, that was an A+. You don't get that very often after a draft night where majority of the Sixers fans are on the same page. So it feels weird. It feels different. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? My body doesn't know how to move. Pumped up. I need that Sixers basketball December 22nd. I'm even pumped for some preseason action, believe it or not which is oh, a couple weeks away, so be ready. By the way, this episode is sponsored by Orbit Energy and Power. With over 20 years of experience in the solar industry, they are home to your solar experts in residential and commercial projects. They are dedicated to making sure your project is completed easily and properly by using high-quality materials and trained professionals to get the job done right. Their solar program helps eliminate your electric bill completely. They also provide water purification systems, backup energy systems, tree removals, electrical upgrades, and more. You name it. If you need help to your home, you have to call. I repeat, you have to call Orbit Energy and Power. All their information is down below. Thank you all so much for listening. We have a billion more Anytime Hotline calls to get to in terms of the Sixers. So guess what? We're going to be doing this again very soon. No doubt about it. I can do this all day. 24 hours, 24-7, a full week, nonstop, just going live, talking sexers. I won't even eat. What I need, though, is coffee. That's all. It'll be a coffee binge. Thank you all so much, and I will see you next time.